Today, I'm going to start reading from Hebrews, the second chapter, the third verse. How will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? That's an amazing question. There is no escape. I'll answer it right there. After it was at first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. They, after the Lord had shared this salvation, for all of those that had heard, it was confirmed. And how was it confirmed in you? It was confirmed in me by the witness of the Holy Spirit. If you have been saved, you know the Lord. I want today, we're sharing about salvation, and it is so much broader, deeper, higher, and so such a blessing, there's no way really to question whether or not you're saved. If you're truly saved, you should know that you're saved. And today I'm going to give you enough scriptures. If you're not sure, you can make sure. How can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. In Ephesians 3.17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, That's how we know Christ dwells in our hearts through faith and that you be rooted and grounded in love. Verse 18 may, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth? Do you know the breadth, the width, the length, the depth of your salvation? This all encompassing word of salvation is so amazing. And that's what I'm going to try to convey through the scriptures. This salvation that was given us free, but at a tremendous cost. I think most of us know about the cross and that how Jesus came, the son of man and gave himself. We're going to teach about the work of the cross and divine exchange and all of that. That, that paid the price so we could be saved. But we have been given this amazing gift of salvation and we need to comprehend and understand what all that encompasses. It's amazing. In 319, it says, uh, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God, that you may know. John 17, 3 says, this is, is eternal life that we know the one true God and Jesus Christ who he sent. That, that's eternal life that we know him. And if we know him, guess what? He knows us. But to know him and to understand the height, the length, the depth, the breadth of this word that we call salvation, we're going to discuss and hopefully you will get excited because you'll see and understand this great, amazing gift that has been given us by a loving Father. In Ephesians 3.20, I added these next two verses also, 20 and 21. Now to him who's able to do far abundantly beyond all that we can ask and think. I said what I wanted to another, but our God is able to do abundantly beyond all that we can even ask or think. So I want you to, whatever you think, whatever you ask, God is able because of that depth, width, breadth, 
of our salvation to do abundantly beyond all that you think. So I want to try to stretch your faith here today and allow, and your understanding and your knowledge of the Son and of the Father and who it is, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ that dwells in us, with us, that leads us, that teaches us, that brings revelation. I want you to know Him in a greater way and what He's done for you. In verse 21, Therefore the Lord heard and was full of wrath. No, that was, I went too far. I, anyway, I'll start right here. I, I went, uh, I lost my verse 19 somewhere. I'm Psalm 78, 21. Y'all overlooked by fumbling and bumbling here sometimes. I'll go here. I'll go ahead to the Psalms. Psalm 78, 21. It says, Therefore the Lord heard and was full of wrath, and a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger was amounted against Israel because, verse 22, because they did not believe in God and they did not trust his salvation. Do you trust your salvation? Do, if you know God and you truly know him like I'm saved knowing, you trust that salvation because he lives within you to, to, and he abides and he leads and he guides he heals. He delivers. He does all of these things in a word that we call salvation. And, and we, if we doubt, let me read on here. Again, uh, in verse 41 of 78, it says, Again and again they tempted God and they pained him. They limited God is what the word means. They pained him. If you limit God, you pain him. The Holy One of Israel... You know why they limited him? Because they doubted his salvation. They did not trust in it. And if you doubt the salvation of God in your life, then you need to get saved. Because you do not know him. And unless we know him, this is eternal life. John says that we know him and his son. We know the voice of the Lord that lives and dwells, that leads and guides. We know the power of his resurrection as we walk in hell. We're, we're, we have peace and joy. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, right relationship, peace and joy. If you don't have that peace and joy, then we need to kind of draw near. We need to understand what he really has done for us. What all the plans that he has for us for eternity. In Hebrews 10, 11, it says, every priest stands daily ministering and offering time and time the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But what did Jesus do? He says, but he having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time sat down at the right hand of God. It was done, this one offering. It was not like the Levitical priest that stand daily. They take, he offered himself. It was finished. It was done. He he put his body on the altar. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins. And he went into Hades and overcame death, hell, and the grave that we may have life and may have it more abundantly. He did this. It was finished. Therefore, in 1014, by this one offering, one sacrifice, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. 
Are you being sanctified? It is a, this salvation is a process. It's a working of a God in our lives. We were born again, but salvation is an ongoing process. Being born again is a one-time event. I was born again. I can tell you today the place and what happened. But God continues to work in me by his Holy Spirit that I may grow in him, that I may grow in, in his grace, that I may be empowered to know his word, to be able to share with you, that you may understand that salvation not only happened, but it's happening and it will continue to happen in our lives. We were born again. That's the beginning of salvation. The beginning actually was in Christ. But our salvation begins when we're born again. That's a one-time event. Salvation is an ongoing process, and I'm going to share this with you. The offering of Christ, the sacrifice that he made on that cross, I've got it. The sacrifice is perfectly perfect and completely complete. This great, complete salvation, this great and amazing, complete salvation, it, when he said it was finished, it was finished. It was done. We need, I want you to know that it was a perfect work. Perfect. It was a complete work. It's done. Nothing that you have to do. You just have to walk in obedience to his guidance. He freely has given us not only his salvation, not only his spirit has quickened us alive, but he's given us a spirit that if we walk in obedience to that spirit, it is reckoned to us as righteousness. It's obedience under righteousness. And that right relationship, as we grow in Christ, as he's working out his salvation in our life. Now let's go move forward here. John 1, 11, he came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. That's the Jews. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the authority. This is uh, exousia in the Greek. It's, uh, it, it's uh, the power uh, to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. He gave us the authority of a son in his name, that we could dwell with kingdom power, that we could rule and reign. We're called a, we were called as a kingdom of priests. We will talk about the priesthood in the latter chapters. But he has called us to rule and to reign in his name, to have authority as sons of God, sons and daughters, both in the name of Jesus today on earth as part of our salvation and that we have to understand who we are in him and who he is in us. And, and John 1, 13, who were born not of the blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God chose you. We were chosen. We, there, there's nothing happens unless, now was it my decision? Yes, it was. I accepted. But God foreordained. God knows the end from the beginning. He has declared it in his book that I share, declaring the end from the beginning of scriptures of God, and he has offered to us this amazing opportunity 
When his people rejected his son, he opened the opportunity to all the Gentiles and nations of the world. And the days of the Gentiles are drawing near being to the end because he's coming back and he's going to deal with his own people. And the days of the, our opportunity, this, this amazing opportunity that God has given the Gentiles, the nations, to be part of his body, to be part of his, his kingdom, to abide in him and he in us. What an amazing, and as, as we abide as sons and daughters, he's given us authority. He's given us this amazing salvation that continues to work in us day by day by day. I've got here, which I've already quoted to you, being born again is a one-time experience, but salvation is worked out every day of our lives. I'm going to give some scriptures here. The perfect, the simple past, the continuing present, all three tenses are applicable to salvation. And these scriptures that are following, uh, the, the verb sozo, which means salvation, it's the Greek word in all the New Testament, and it's used in different tenses. And as it's used in a different tense, it means something a little different. And I'm going to share these scriptures with you. And I first had to kind of study these, t- refresh my mind what the perfect tense was and what all these different tenses was. It's been a while since school. But the perfect tense is a category of verb tense used to describe completed action. Completed action. This, this, this perfect tense is a completed action. It is done. It covers the past perfect tense, the present perfect tense, and the future perfect tense. Now, it's completed, but each one of those other tenses, it adds on a little bit more. Even though it was finished, it's not, and it's complete, it is different as we go to these different tenses. It is sometimes called the complete tense. We ha- Guess what? We have a complete salvation. In Ephesians 2.8, It says, for by grace you have been saved, sozo, through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. This is the perfect tense. The sozo tense in the Greek is used in the perfect Greek tense there. It has different endings for every tense in the Greek. Greek is a very exact language. It's a very difficult language. I studied for years, and I don't remember but a little bit, but enough to get my way around uh, books that where I do, I can recall and find out what it does say but anyway greeks are very but it's a very precise language i believe that's why god allowed uh it to be his scripture the new testament be recorded in greek it it, here and by grace you have been perfect tense it you have been saved it was done it is finished it is complete you have been saved that's what say through faith through faith you have been you you have been The work has been complete. Through faith, we're saved. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Faith. We can do nothing. There's nothing we can do without God's grace. That is the the grace is the working of God's spirit within all of us. He has to say, here, take, take of mind that you might have faith. We have faith by grace. We have, we have everything we receive by grace, by the Father's mercy and love and by His choice. He, He gives us the free choice, but He already knows how we're going to choose. 
Now, can I explain that totally? No. Do you believe in Calvinism or Arminianism? I believe in both. It's both. Uh, we have free choice, but God's sovereign. But that's God. Me trying to comprehend the, the, the God that created this own body of mine. David said we're wonderfully and amazingly created. The knowledge of God. How did he speak of eyeballs? Got two million working parts right here. And that doesn't compare to the brain. The, the, the galaxies and the stars that are millions and trillions of galaxies, not just our own galaxy. There, it's infinite out there. And it, the word says he had never lost one. He's hung them all out there. They don't ever collide. They all work. All this just happened. It was by design, an amazing design. It, it, the design of, of, of everything demands that there's a designer, a creator. It just could not have happened. If you believe all this just happened, you really got faith. You need us just that faith to the one true God that made it all happen, that out of his amazing knowledge, he spoke it into being. We were wonderfully created, King David says, amazing, our own bodies. And that's why we should take care of these bodies. We've been entrusted with it. It belongs to him. He paid a price for it. But so the simple past tense is used to describe a completed activity that happened in the past, in other words, it started in the past and it ended in the past. That's the simple past tense. He saved us not on the basis of deeds, sozo, this is in the simple past tense, which we have done in, in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of the regeneration of the renewing of the Holy Spirit. He's done that. He did that. That's finished. That's not the ongoing. The other one is it's complete and it's complete throughout eternity. This is he saved us. Not on the basic of deeds. It's not by our works. We have done that. We've done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of the regeneration and the renewing by the Holy Spirit. When you were saved, this here in the simple past tense, it was done. That's done. Now, the working out is a continual part of salvation, but it's in a different tense. The present continual tense is most often used in English grammar to describe a continuing. This is the next verse. The last verse was a simple past tense. This is the continual present tense. uh, To describe a continuing action, something that is unfinished, The tense is also important since it's simple sentence structure that can show actions or events that are happening right now in the planned future or sometimes in the past. So this continuing present tense is something that happened in the past. It's happening right now, and it's going to happen in the future. So in this scripture, the word sozo is being used in the continuing present tense. Let me read it to you. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but those to us who are being saved. We were saved, we are saved, and we're going to continue to be saved. It's still working. That's that's the word sozo here in the continuing present tense in the Greek. In the Greek. 
So this scripture, and I think about it, we were, we are, and we will be, and he will continue, faithful God. Uh, verse 18 again, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. If you think the cross is foolish, you're definitely perishing. But for those that bow before it and just cry like babies sometimes, I do. But to us who are being saved, we were saved, we're being saved, he's going to continue saving us. Amazing word there. Sozo, the same word, salvation, but it's in a different tense. So in this scripture, it has a different meaning. He saved, he's saving, he's going to continue to save. And it is the power of God. That's continuing salvation of God is the very power of God in us that keeps us, that saved us, and will continue to save us. It is by, in the Greek, there is a word sozo, which I've already shared with you. I was supposed to kind of hold that secret, but I needed to go ahead and use it. Sozo, to save, but listen what else it means. It's not only to save, it's used in the New Testament to heal, to deliver, to raise the dead, etc. All are salvation. Look at that. All of these scriptures I'm going to read uses the word sozo, salvation, to save, save. Be saved, be saved, save, salvation. All are salvation. Matthew 14, 35. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent word into all of the surrounding districts and brought to him all who were sick. Verse 36. And they implored him that, that they might just touch the fringe of his cloak. As many as touched it were saved. In English it said were cured in my translation. The word there is sozo. They were saved. So they were healed. So is salvation and healing the same? Well, according to these translators, it is because the verb there in Greek, they were saved. All that came and touched them, they were healed obviously, but the word in the Greek is they were saved. So is salvation healing? It should be. He bore all your sicknesses and disease when you come to God. He, he did a complete work in me. I mean, he and, and it has continued. I've been attacked. You know, I, I got attacked twice with cancer, and both times the Lord made it disappear. And I thought, cancer, I don't have to have authority over you. I've got divine help. Don't you ever come back in my body again, and it hasn't. It hasn't, and it won't. It's been 20 years probably since. It won't again. I ain't putting up with that. Let the devil, I've got enough other battles to fight. I ain't got to worry about the health of my body. I'm 70 years old. I stand here before you. I, 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 I'm so blessed. I have been saved. He's given me help. He, he's, hopefully he's given me some wisdom. I've needed it. It's been a, there was times in my life I needed more. In spite of that, he shows up. He saved me. Time and time again on all kind of levels, whether it was healing, whether it was bailing me out financially or this or that or making miracles happen or whatever, me learning and knowing the word of God, it was part of that salvation. In Luke 8.35, it says, The people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus, and they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, Sitting down at the feet, Jesus closed, and in his right mind, they became frightened. When that word having gone out, that he, 
there was some, let me read in verse 36. I think that's where it says. Those who had seen it reported to them how the man who was demon possessed had been sozo, made well, had been delivered. He was delivered of all the demons. Deliverance. Is that being saved? According to the Greek, it is. Because the word there, he was the demon-possessed man, when he was delivered, he had been saved. So is deliverance part of our salvation? Obviously. Is healing part of our salvation? Obviously. Are you saved today? Do you know him? Do you understand the fullness, the depth, the width, the breadth of your salvation? Do you understand it's something that happened? It won't be changed. I was born again. But salvation is ongoing as he heals, he, he delivers, he blesses. All part of our salvation. In the Greek, in the New Testament, it's the word sozo. Used in different tenses, meaning different things, that it has, it is, it will. And all these different tenses. Pretty amazing words. Sozo, salvation. Have you been sozoed today? In what kind of way were you sozo today? When I got up out of bed this morning, I, at 70, I felt like God had saved me again. I got another day. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Because I shouldn't be alive. I should, if anybody should be dead, I'll talk, may talk about that a little later as I had to break a curse over my life. Every time I turned around, I was almost dying. Anyway, it's a long story, but I'll share that maybe over in the blessings and the curses in Deuteronomy 28 and the divine exchange, because he became a curse for me, that I don't have to be under that. Anyway, we'll talk about that a few days from now, or a few chapters from now, or whatever, however we're doing this. But I'm telling you, it's all a part of our salvation. They were delivered from these demons. They were sozo. They were delivered. They were saved. In verse 47, Luke 8, 47, when the woman saw that she had had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before him and declared in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. The word there, guess what? Is sozo. She had been immediately saved. Obviously, she had been healed. She explained that she'd had this issue for years. She'd been saved. She's been healed. Have you been saved today? Do you have disease or sickness in your body? You can be saved today. Cause this is, this is part of our salvation. It was a complete salvation as we'll go, as we started off. How can we neglect such a great and complete salvation? And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well, sozo, saved. Go in peace. Verse 48, the next word, in the next chapter. And he said to her, your faith has made you, it says well here in the New American Standard, it's made you sozo is the Greek word. It has made you saved, your faith, that you could be healed. You were healed. You've been saved. Part of your salvation was health, divine health. Go in peace. Verse 49, while he was still speaking, someone came to the house of the synagogue official saying, your daughter has died. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But when Jesus heard this, he answered him, Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. 
You have faith? And she will be saved. She will be made saved. Sozo, well, it says well. It will be made well. The word, the Greek word there is sozo, salvation. She will be made salvation. She will be made whole. She will have health. She will live. She will not die. She is being saved. Salvation, sozo. Is it part of our salvation? Obviously, it is in Acts 4, 9. If we are on trial for uh, for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, has been made sozo, has been sozoed, he was sozo, he was healed, he was saved. Hallelujah. Do you know the height, the width, the breadth, the depth? How is God not upset with us when we doubt, when we hinder his salvation, when we reject his salvation? It's not just, oh, I got saved. We got born again. What I'm sharing with you today, we live out our salvation as we're being saved daily. As we're being living in health, we're being blessed, we're kept. We're all of these amazing, magnificent salvation, this complete salvation that he's done for us. In Acts 4.10, it said, Let it be known to all of you and the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, the Nazarene, Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by the name this man stands before you in good health. Verse 12 And there is salvation in no one else. There is no no other name, no other person. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which you must be sozo, saved. No other name. So listen, if you made wealth through salvation, if you bless, if you delivered through salvation, Do you understand yet the height, the width, the depth, the breadth of your salvation? Or have by your unbelief and doubt, you have doubted, you have pained, you have limited, is the actual Hebrew word there in the Psalm 78, I believe. You have limited God in your life because you you partook of some, but you rejected the other. (sighs) Know him today. Enter into his full salvation, this complete work that was done for us. Let me keep reading. In Acts 14, 8, it says, At Lystra, uh, I think I just read part of it. I, I finished up here, but uh, well, I'll read this again. At Lystra, a man who had had no strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked, this man uh, was listening to Paul as he spoke, whom he had fixed his gaze on him, Paul, as he spoke, who, when he had fixed his gaze upon him and had seen that he he had faith, be made sozo, be made well. Verse 10, said of a loud voice, stand up on your feet. And he leaped up and began to walk. Sozo healed the crippled man. 2 Timothy 4.18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring sozo, salvation, me safely into his heavenly kingdom 
To him be glory forever and ever. Every need of man. I want you to listen to this. Every need of man covered by the Lord's complete and perfect salvation. Soza. It was complete. It was perfect. It lacked nothing. Continue to read. In Psalms 61, verse 10, it's one of my favorite scriptures. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. Have you been clothed with the garments of salvation? Have you? Are you living a prosperous life? Do you have food to eat? Are you successful? That's what really prosperity is. Are you starving? Or are you have food? Are you in health or are you not? Are you at peace or are you not? Do you struggle with fear, demonic? The fear of man, of the world, of the devil, all that's demonic. The fear of the Lord is a total different, is totally different. That's salvation. This is oppression. This is depression. This is possession. And through the salvation of the Lord, you have been set free. You have been made whole. He has wrapped me. He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has wrapped me in the robe of righteousness. If you have put on the garment of salvation, you have put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in, in Romans 13 and the 14th verse, I, I always start back about the 11th. It says, do this knowing the day that we live to let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh. And then put on Jesus Christ as outer garments, verse 14. And, and that, that's, that, this is a, a, it says, and he has wrapped him with a robe of righteousness. That's what, when we place Christ and we wrap ourselves with Christ, we have wrapped ourselves in robes of righteousness. We've been saved. We're being saved. We're going to continue to be saved. He is our salvation. Praise the Lord Jesus. Do this knowing today. Cleanse yourself. Romans 13, 11, 12, 13, and 14. Cleanse yourself from all defilement of the flesh. Put these things away from us. Put, put on Christ. Let him, let him clothe you. Clothe you with the garments of salvation. Let him wrap you in the robes of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself out with garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewel. We're the bride of Christ. We are making ourselves ready. And in, in Revelation 19, the seventh chapter, the ninth, seventh verse, it's, and the bride has made herself ready. How did the bride make herself ready? She, in verse 8, it tells us she clothed herself in fine linen, which are the righteous acts of the saints. Those white robes are the righteous acts of the saints. We're, we, we will share a lot of this on later chapters, but this is what it means. When you're clothing yourself, wrap yourself up in Christ. Put him on. Wear this salvation that he's given us. Let him lead you, guide you, heal you, deliver you, set you free, give you peace. 
Come out of them in the name of Jesus, you that are oppressed. In the name of Jesus, be set free. Be healed today. Be filled today. Let him put on the garments of praise for you today. Let you be clothed in righteousness. Right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and our Father God. Where he will bless you. He'll give you greater empowerment, grace. He will feed you. He will keep you. He will heal you. He will keep you in hell. That's the truth. You don't have to be healed all the time if you walk in hell. He has given us divine help through this amazing salvation. Let us not doubt. Let us not walk in unbelief. God forbid. Says it pains him. Because of our unbelief, we limit him and what he can do. And he's not real happy about that. God does not like to be limited, especially for those that he cares and loves. He cares for you. He sent his only son for God so loved the world. Please do not neglect or reject such a wonderful salvation. God forbid for judgment is coming. Put on, wrap yourself up into Christ. Put on the garments of salvation. Let him wrap you in the robes of righteousness. Hallelujah. Psalms 103, 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen. Bless the Lord, verse 2, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Don't limit God because Oh, we'll, we'll pick this part. We don't want the rest of this. It's all or nothing, folks. And forget none of his benefit, who pardons all of your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems. We get, we sometimes want the forgiveness, but we don't want to walk into hell. It, it, it was the body and the blood. Who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things. Are you satisfied? You know, peace, joy, being at peace. There's not a lot of my life I was not at peace. I've been so blessed. My 14 kids, my seven sons, seven daughters. I got five daughters, two sons, but my in-laws, they're my sons and daughters. I got 15 grandkids, and I, I'm so blessed. My beautiful wife, I cherish. Very blessed man, very blessed man. I, I'm at peace. God has used me to share this, these truths with you. And, and, I, and it's nothing to do with me other than God chose one of the most foolish things in the world, that everybody would know it's he and not I. And this is his word. This is not my word. This is his word. And it's not to me to look. You need to look to him. I can do nothing for you other than pray for you, encourage you, and show you the way. And he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. There is no other way. There is no other life. And there is no other truth. It's Jesus Christ and him crucified and resurrected. All that according to the scriptures. He would come, born of a virgin, out of Bethlehem, 
I shared this the other day about the word. All this prophesied hundreds of years before, down to the letter, the scripture, John 10, 35, cannot be broken, Luke said, Brother Luke. Cannot be broken, the scripture. It has never, it has been tested with fire. As pure silver, it says there in Psalms, as pure silver, been tested with fire seven times. This word has been tested and tested and tested and it has never failed. It has never broken. It is always the truth. And the word of God here, this salvation is true. It is complete. It is perfect. It is perfectly perfect and completely complete. Perfectly perfect and completely complete. The salvation of God. It did not lie anything that you need in your life. And through it all, it gave us eternal, eternal reward with the Father and with the Lord and with the Son. He's given us His Spirit, God with us, in us. Let us not, let us not, let us not sin against the presence of God in our life. Let us not hurt the Father by rejecting such amazing, a perfectly perfect and a completely complete work. There was nothing. There's nothing that you need that you don't have in Jesus Christ by the work that he accomplished for us. The sacrifice, I'm going to read it up here, is perfectly perfect and completely complete. Therefore, your salvation is also. If the sacrifice was perfectly perfect, his offering of himself, order of Melchizedek, he brought his own Bread and wine, which is his body and blood. Melchizedek brought the bread and the wine to Abraham. But anyway, we'll talk about that also in the priesthood. But this was a perfect work. It was perfectly perfect, completely complete, to meet every single need in your life. Every one of them. Now, do you know him today? Do you truly know? Have you embrace the salvation of God, what he has for you. Many of you maybe for the first time are realizing, oh, I was born again, but I'm not, I'm not walking in that salvation. Cause the salvation is ongoing process. It's a little here, a little there. We grow, we bounce around a little bit, but it's amazing that as, as you get closer to him, how more this foundation, this bedrock, this petras, not the petra, the petras. This bedrock that we stand on, it's not a pebble. It's, it's the bedrock, Petras in Greek. We're, we're standing. Our footing is upon his salvation that is perfectly perfect and completely complete. And today, as I close this one more time, I want to pray for you. I, I just want you to embrace this offering, this sacrifice that was made for you. Take and eat. Partake of the body, partake of the blood. Accept all of the provision that has been provided through you in this perfect work, this complete work. Don't allow doubt and unbelief separate you from God. Don't, don't allow faith. Those that know him, that is eternal life. If you know him, you're walking in, especially in this tremendous blessing that we have received called salvation. We're born again one time. Salvation is an enduring process, and it brings us to the Father one day. We'll meet our 
our Lord in the air, and one day we'll see the Father face to face. Father, in the name of Jesus, may this word break through. Some, some of them, I see it like a shell over some hearts there. They need to break that hardness. Let God in. Let him change you. Let him heal you. Let him fill you. Let it's no peace. No, no, let his spirit heal the hurts, minister to your needs, and let you have true peace of mind. Don't walk in the fear that the enemy tries to put on us or the world or devil. It's, it's all the same. Walk in the love of God. Be empowered by his love through his spirit, this wonderful gift that he's given us that we call salvation. It was perfectly perfect and completely complete for each and every one of us. Amen.